1: Learn more at marines.com.
2: Eyes of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and shot on Score North and scorenorth.com. Yeah, we play again uh, in Chicago, but, you know, hopefully it gets our attention about, you know, being able to compete on the ball, being able to get out, get back guarding. I mean, we've been scoring the ball so easily, um, you know, tonight our, you know, we didn't get, we didn't get our bench production that we had been getting. Um, and, you uh, you know we fouled we you know foul we didn't get to the free throw line we didn't we didn't get a lot of things that we normally been generating so um you know our defense was under that much more pressure i love finch man he always looks kind of disheveled you know even if they've won 5 games in a row he he always looks like he's in need of like a gallon of coffee or
1: something sitcom dad he's a sitcom dad <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, it's Finchie. Finchy's home. Oh, fin- kids. I'm, <laughs> <the> <laughs> I'm tired today, a long day at uh coaching basketball.
2: We need like a we need like a laugh track or something in the background when he's when he's giving these presents. Leave covers. it to Finchie. Leave it to Leave Finchie. It to Finchie. Leave it to like Finchie. Leave it to Finchie.
1: The Finchersons. Finchie Mr. Mcfin- Finchie Finch. Mr. Finch, can you come out and play? No, kid, I'm way too tired. Long wasn't day. There
2: a, wasn't there a Mr. Finch? There's a Mr. Feeney in Boy Meets Mr. World. F- I was gonna say Mr. Mr. Feeny. Great. yeah. Mr. Finch. Finch. I don't think
1: there was a Mr. Mr. Fr- Finch. Oh, oh, there, there was a a Mr. French, in in Family Affair in the seventies. Oh, that's before my time. But you yeah. you might have heard of Mr. French just in passing. I don't think there was a Mr. Finch. No, but gonna, a good sitcom dad. I'm going to Google real quick here. Mr. The, the Finch, a great sitcom dad, Chris Finch,
2: disheveled, blackguard uh, Yeah, maybe I'm wrong on this one. Anyways. This is Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports and pop Pop culture, culture, quite frankly, entertainment and uh, speculation, therapy. And every Friday, we compile all of your questions, comments, concerns, critiques about the show, about Minnesota sports, whatever else. We call it Feedback Friday here on Mackie and Judd. And uh, we'll get to, uh, on Purple Daily today, we're going we're gonna to also get to four-question Friday. And uh, for Saturday, we're going to get to uh, the Read the Comments edition. So it's all about your feedback here the next couple days on Score North. A lot of Timberwolves stuff here. Let's start with this one. From Tony Johnson on Twitter. I'm okay with the Wolves standing pat, but imagine if the Knicks were a fringe playoff or play-in team, and they stood pat while the teams around them worked to improve. Next year is never guaranteed, I'm worried we've we've gotten a little happy to be here syndrome. And Sam Nord via Twitter says Scornor says they want titles, but when a team stands pat with a slightly above average
1: roster, they agree with the move. Hmm. You know what? Those are those are spot on correct points. Like I, I've given this thought. Both of what those people said are one hundred percent. You're right. But and here's my butt it's the Timberwolves and i believe that they are developing something um do i believe so so i want titles but i want them done when you realistically ha- have a chance to go get a title it it's like i do not think that the 2022 vikings have a shot at a title i want them to get one but what i don't want them to do is try to run things back while trying to serve 2024 right and, and so i think part of our of our statement on this show has to go to we want titles but we want to pursue titles realistically and i don't believe that the timberwolves had like one trade in their back pocket that were going to to get them on a deep playoff run conversely i think the wild does so like i want them to to go in but um i don't i don't want titles by just saying i'd really like titles and it'd be fun yeah. Um, the Timberwolves just aren't there yet, but, but but both of those points are very valid points. Yeah. I, well, I, I would say I, I like the way that you've sort of because there's there's some gray area here. In
2: general, yes, this is valid. We should we should be holding our teams to a high standard. You know, sh- was there a move to be made? And Gupta got gun shy. I, I don't know ultimately what prevented the Wolves from at least grabbing a depth piece or. Somebody over the height of six foot seven to grab a rebound and block a shot. Like they're one of the smallest teams in the NBA. But if you remember back five years ago when the Timberwolves had a great young nucleus, well, they had a great duo and then Andrew Wiggins, and those guys were young. They had Carl Anthony Towns, Zach Levine, and we're seeing what, what he's doing now in Chicago, one of the best teams in the East, and Andrew Wiggins, and a couple other young pieces. And Tom Thibodeau came in. And so the Wolves were on this. We're gonna grow. We're gonna the NBA it's it's rarely about a big leap. Like once in a while you might see Phoenix go from out of the playoffs to, you know, NBA finals. But it's the NBA is all about steps. It's about making the playoffs for the first time and then take your lumps and then win a playoff series. Like you have to go in certain phases. Sure. And before the Timberwolves even took the first step, Tom Thibodeau came in and said, Um, I'm, I'm not gonna Sit around for this. I'm not going to develop the young nucleus. I'm going to, I'm going to blow up the young nucleus uh, by trading Zach Levine and bring Jimmy Butler in here for a quick fix. And the quick fix got the Wolves to the playoffs, maybe quicker than they otherwise would have been. Like, they won more games with Jimmy Butler immediately than they would have if Zach Levine was still there. But their ceiling was capped, A, because Jimmy Butler wasn't sticking around long-term to, to ride out like a five-year window with Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. Personalities clashing, the ages didn't mesh right. Uh, also, the Golden State Warriors were still in the middle of a dynasty in the Western Conference. There was other great teams, the Clippers, the Lakers, you know, re-emerged with LeBron. So the, the better move in retrospect would have been instead of the quick sugar high, let's just get as good as we can and then hit a glass ceiling. What could that nucleus have looked like with the right coaching? Zach Levine stays, right? Maybe you move Andrew Wiggins at some point. Maybe you still make the move for D'Angelo Russell. So I'm all about, at this point, keeping the nucleus intact. I'm really curious to see what three dudes in their early to mid-20s, with the right roster and coaching around them, how they can grow over the next two or three years. I still want a championship, but I'm not interested in cutting off like the potential of a 2024 peak in favor of getting an extra you know, boost in the Western conference standings this year, they can't win a championship this year. This might sound crazy. They could flirt with like a a Western conference run
1: in a year or two. If they do the right things. And at, at the deadline at that time, it might require a trade. Yes. So I'm not like, I I'm not, um, on board with trades and then, and, and then say, no, no, no. What I am is I firmly believe in pouncing on opportunity. Um, which which also means not making a dumb move to make a move just because uh but to, to go back to I, I think we talked about this or I talked about this um, um on purple access with chip on Thursday you know in retrospect and we all talked about this at the time in 2019 the Vikings should have gone all in they should have they should have said what is it going to take and by the way it's yeah. gonna hurt what is it going to take to get Jalen? ramsey we talked about that at the time because like once you got kirk you're all in so go all in um the wolves aren't there yet which which is fine and in phil i agree completely i think that this is a case where you are trying to build something and, and that the time will come at the deadline probably to make a big move i did not feel like this year was it
2: yeah uh let's see another question here this is from this is actually a, a tweet that I saw gaining traction yesterday from uh, Timberwolves blogger Jack Borman. Jarrett Culver, this is in response to John Hollinger, wrote an article about buyout candidates that could be out there and uh, just the list of guys that could get cut or you know, you know bought out from their contracts and then go sign somewhere else. And he scrolled down to the bottom of the list and saw Jarrett Culver, who Hollinger says needs to play more minutes to get any career traction at some point. And uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, who Hollinger suspects could opt for Spain over the NBA due to lack of opportunities. It's impossible to overstate how insane of a coup that Pat Bev trade was for the Wolves. Think about that. So Jarrett Culver, and now, now Memphis, Memphis is one of the best teams in the Western Conference. I don't know. I'd have to take a deeper dive, but. You know, what would they look like if they had Pat Bev on that team? Would it not mesh as well? But Jarrett Culver is not really playing. He's playing like nine minutes a night for Memphis. He's just, he's not doing anything. And then, and then Wancho, who's been on the Spurs and the Celtics this year, and uh, now he, apparently he's going to go play in Spain. He's playing six minutes a night. So two complete throwaway pieces for Pat Beverly who's been hurt a lot, but just his presence on and off the court has helped change, I think, the foundation and the personality of this team. What I mean, It's one of the biggest – usually the Wolves are the ones that are just misstepping in the draft and in trades, right, getting nothing for KG. Right. But this was one of the biggest heists in Timberwolves trade history.
1: The trade is terrible um, from Memphis' perspective because of what the Wolves have gotten both when he's playing on the court and probably – as you just said, more importantly, off of it. I guess my question is this. Uh, Pat Bev, I think, is the type of player who is an acquired taste, and if he's put in the right situation, which he clearly is here, is it's fantastic. So, so, yes, the trade is great. Um, I also think that the situation that he got to is perfect. So, like, if he's with the Grizz and the Grizz are good, is he playing as much? Is he as, as necessary of component? So there's no question that the trade was a complete heist. Um, I do think that it's not, but it's not like you got this great player and he's just unbelievable. He does so many things for your team. Like, he is the perfect fit at the perfect time for the Wolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm kind of
2: shocked. At first I was like, wait a second, I feel like this is a heist really Hernan Gomez and Jarrett Culver for this pesky Hernan amazing Gomez just moves around this league. It's unbelievable, and uh, he'll be moving around internationally. The, What's up, and the funny
0: I feel like the funny thing about this trade is like, yeah, it's a heist and it's for it was for two basically bums, I'm gonna call them both of them bums and in Jared Culver and Juancho Hernan Gomez, and you got Pat Beth, and the result has worked out swimmingly. It's been a great trade. But I also feel like in Minnesota sports, we're always looking to make trades like this. Like, we're always trying to figure out, what if we just gave away this garbage yes. and we turned it into <laughs> pristine results? And this is one of the few instances where you're like, it worked. Oh my God, the other team, it hit. The problem is, is most times these trade offers... They like they don't really ever come to this fruition. But in Minnesota sports, we're always looking to heist someone to give away our garbage so we can get someone this in is, return.
2: This is spot on. hilarious. This is the fantasy trade that you just kind of float, hoping that some idiot will get drunk and say yes at, you know, 1030 on a Saturday <laughs> night. Uh, I guess we'll let's just let's see if Memphis will bite on this. All right. Uh, let's uh, who are the two worst players on the roster? Let's just uh, let's just float a couple guys and see if they click yes. Jared Culver is just a bad basketball player too. It's tough when you can't shoot in today's NBA. If you can't shoot, how are you drafted sixth? Then, well, I mean, my God, the Wolves—they drafted Chris
1: Dunn in the top ten. Can't shoot. That was Tibbs. Yeah, Jared Culver. But don't I can't don't shoot. forget, Chris Dunn played defense, right? I love defense.
0: And he was 22 and not 18. He was Let's a four-year year
1: starter. At Providence. It's like there, there are players who play
2: defense and can also shoot. It's uh, you know, there are players out there. Uh, Troy Krauth here via the Scornorth app says, "I've loved your recent Timberwolves discussions. It's wild to, ha- to be having meaningful Wolves convos in February. One piece I think you guys have missed so far is the importance of having success this season for Cats free agency clock." He'll have two years left starting next year, and the Wolves need to have success in that window. It may not feel great, but making a move to win this season could be crucial in keeping Cat long-term. Love your shows from a long-time listener and first-time feedbacker. Yeah, I would. well, I would say this kind of solves itself because if you don't make the playoffs this year, which, by the way, they will. like, Well, they're going to make the play-in for sure. Um, we'll see if they can make the actual playoffs. But if you don't take that step this year and then another step next year, then I don't know how desperate you're going to be to hang on to Cat, Because because then it would mean that the foundation of your team, which Cat is a huge part of, is not good enough to take you to a certain place, <clears throat> even like to the fifth or the fourth seed in the Western Conference. So I'm not super worried about it. I think if this team wins, I think Cat loves playing here. I don't think he's a guy that's like his personality doesn't strike me as I need to go
1: dominate a bigger market and yeah the the stability here now i think is huge like the the one thing why i thought a guy like cat would want out is this place had for how long zero stability tibbs none yeah um you know and and right now with our guy finchie they've finchie. got that they've got stability they've got g- good players um i really hope that the wolves make the playoffs and here's why. Cat so Cat's had a really good year. Like I I think he um he's had pro- probably the most complete year that Cat has had. Yeah. All of that being said, here's what I want to see. I want to see Cat this time around in a playoff uh because Carl Anthony Towns will be how can I put this nicely messed with by the opposing team, because they know that he will get upset that he will complain incessantly. And, 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 I think like all sports, the playoffs in this league become a different thing. They, they become far more intense. They, they become officials probably change things. Right. And what I, what I want to see from Carl this time is what we didn't see when, when he got the uh, brief chance and what the five game loss to the Rockets in Tibbs year, which was he melted down like mm-hmm. he melted down. Where's the mental toughness now? Because if we get complaining cat, you got a problem like, well, like eventually you're going to have a problem The you. The one thing is, and, and I hope that they make the playoffs and Pat Bev uh, potentially should have a big impact on this, but you're going to have to put the moaning and groaning crap Away, and you're going to have to accept the fact that you're going to get beat up, and you got to beat them up back, and that's just how the playoffs work. I think he's done a good job of that the last couple months in the regular season.
2: Not all the time, you know. He's still, he'll still
1: that's spend a couple stuff. extra
2: seconds complaining. but I think he's done a really good job channeling his energy and his emotions into the actual game, and that's I think he's be- become a better defender. But to your point, you know, in a in a seven game series, there's so many instances where uh, a pesky role player will game three, game four, will get under the skin of a star player, right? Like, you know, Pat Bev has made a living doing this in playoff series. Remember, you know, 15 years ago, 17 years ago, whatever it was, when uh, the Wolves, the KG Timberwolves were playing the Denver Nuggets in whatever it was, the first round of the playoffs, and Francisco Elson got under the skin of Kevin Garnett after a few games. Like, you just, (laughs) you see the same people, you're battling, you know, in the paint. And it, you just you get more annoyed by the team that you're playing and they start to figure out your tendencies. And so, yes, your mental toughness needs to go to a different level for sure. And now the KG like punch Francisco Elson in the groin, if I remember right. You're That's correct. incredible. Okay. I don't remember that.
1: Good pull on the name, though.
0: Yeah. The, the funny thing, too, about these windows, both of the Wolves and the Wild is so on the Wolves side, they're worried, well, in the next two years, like what if what if we can't offer Cat a contract? And then with the Wild, it was, well, with Kirill, we can't give him eight years, so we can only give him five years. And we're, we're, we could lose out on this potential long-term window. You don't, I think it's so uh, misguided to assume that in five years we're still competing for championships, when you know what you're having right now. And with the Wild and the Wolves, I think there is pressure to figure out, is this nucleus going to work? Like, and if it doesn't work now... It's not going to work five years from now. Like, don't don't get too worried about five years from now when you know this team is winning right now. And you have to figure out if this team can work. And, and with Kareel and Cat and the Wolves and Wild fans, you have to be all in. I think right now and not being worried about. And this this is a even a deeper layered conversation with Twins fans from the last twelve years. Don't be worried about your prospect pool four years from now. If the team is winning now,
2: go for it. Go well, all in. And, and the thing about the Wolves is where, wherever they are now imagine what they could be in two years from now as they continue to tweak the peripheral pieces, but also as Anthony Edwards, who is this six foot six gigantic athletic human being. And he's showing you some of his potential. What's that dude going to look like in two years? And And so that to go back to the first question, like that's why I'm not quite as, I'm not all worked up that they didn't make a trade. Like their most of their improvement is going to come from
1: within the next couple of years. And to, to, uh, to declan's point it doesn't take a genius to see what when the opportunity exists like the wolves it's not there yet wild it's there the twins uh 2019 it was there Uh, so like like identify identifying the time to dive into the deep end of the pool really shouldn't be that difficult
2: yeah uh more timberwolves feedback here in a second but uh, hey the saint thomas men's basketball team speaking of hoops Now, Division One taking on North Dakota State in a Summit League matchup this Saturday on Score North Radio. That's AM 1500 in the Twin Cities. The Tommies continue to battle in their first year in D1. If you like ball movement and three pointers and drive to the hoop, St. Thomas plays a fun brand of college basketball. Tommysports.com to buy your tickets for Saturday against NDSU. Tommysports.com. Also, A shout-out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. I know they're partners with the Timberwolves as well. Uh, Federated is a great resource for business owners. We're talking about risk management webinars, the MyShield platform, legal resources, safety walkthroughs, and a dedicated marketing rep that can help you with any issues that your business may face. They are a great guiding hand to help, help take your business to the next level, much like the Timberwolves. Looking to take them to the next level? Uh, in the next two or three years. Federated is here to help your business. Federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Thomas Gorski, via Twitter, says, Hard to imagine Gupta has done enough to keep the job full-time, running this Wolves front office. Gerson Rosas built this team, not Gupta. What exactly is he doing besides collecting a paycheck every week? That's kind of harsh. The team will be one and done. New ownership will likely target Elton brand or a splashy name to replace him. And then a user dude on Twitter follows up and says, I have to agree with this. The job feels too big for Gupta. Part of me also wonders if Glenn Taylor is rejecting all of his ideas. Um, First of all, he, he got the job after all of the off season moves were made. Like when he got the job, it wasn't like there was a draft ahead of him. So the trade deadline was really the only chance since he took the job to do something publicly splashy. But I wouldn't discredit behind-the-scenes work and scouting. I mean, as a general manager or a Pobo, not only are you overseeing acquisitions and transactions of players in the draft, but you're overseeing internal processes, scouting, communication, other things that lead to maximizing your roster, and those are the things that aren't quite as sexy. I don't have a full review on how well he's doing those things, but I think it's too early just to say because he didn't make a trade that he's unqualified or unfit for the job. I just don't think we know yet.
1: It's also the Wolves. Unfortunately, as long as Glenn's there, the Wolves are, are going to hang on to um, being the Wolves at times. I think what this is is Gerson got fired. Uh, I'm sure he, he has to be paid something. I don't know if it's going to officially be for cause or not, but I don't think that that you can say – you're done here and, and then not pay him a thing. Gupta hasn't got the Pobo title, which leads me to believe that, that he is there to sort of mind the shop on (laughs) shockingly with Glenn, the cheap, um, I fully expect, and the weird transition from Glenn to uh, Mark and Arod a- makes this a little bit um, more uncertain. I fully expect that when the transition, I think Doogie said December of 23 is made, that we will see major changes. Like Gu- Gupta, I- I'd be surprised if Gupta um, is let go before then. Because I'm sure Glenn's like, oh, this is great. He's doing a fine job, and he's working for $12. Uh, so, so my my guess is both from a basketball operations standpoint and probably from a business op standpoint, that when the official transition of majority ownership of the Wolves takes place, they'll make changes, and hopefully Mark and, and A-Rod decide that cutting checks is yeah. not the worst thing in the world. I, I don't think that's... So. Yeah, I
2: mean, Glenn is Glenn's a small town guy. It's weird because he's he's a billionaire who's a small town guy. He literally lives in Mankato. Yeah. And uh, he has a home in Naples, too, uh, unless he's recently moved from Mankato. But like he literally drives up, he's got or like a driver, a, drive him up. A huge place in Mankato. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Speaking of Mark Laurie, by the way, I, I tweeted this out this morning. <laughs> so I stumbled upon this YouTube video. Mark Laurie and a YouTuber switched lives for a day. If you want to go watch this, it's uh, Brett Conti. C O N T I is the uh, is the YouTube host. But at one point, so he's just like hanging out in Mark Laurie's house. He got Mark Laurie to go to you know to his office where he, he's a he has like a half million subscribers and he's a professional YouTuber. And uh, there's one scene where the phone rings and Brett Conti answers it and it's it's A Rod looking to FaceTime with Laurie. And this random dude answers the phone, and A Rod's like, "What's going on?" <laughs> oh, that's he goes, I don't great. know if I can talk to you. Like, I don't know if I can share things with you. He's like, "I'm Mark Laurie for a day." So, like, Laurie's hilarious. He's like skateboarding around New York City, playing ping pong with these young dudes in the office and that's stuff. Awesome. Glenn Taylor wears sweaters.
1: And, I was gonna uh, say Glenn eats potato salad,
2: which and I love loves to salad.
1: sit court- and loves being courtside in those Target Center seats in in the in the uh, redone Target Center.
2: He can, he can still keep the, the courtside seats. I don't care. got to pay for them. Uh, Ryan Mantufel, <laughs> that's via the Scornorth app, says, When did sports dad become sports granddad when the Winter Olympics come on? Between snowboard dope stereotypes, ESPN's wide world of sports references from the 70s and 80s, watching Olympic hockey after ranting that the NHL should remove their players, they and say, yeah. that's an amazing but- hypocritical call-out. And a story about those damn kids at the X Games. Judd's Hoodie grew three sizes on Wednesday. Love, I love you guys. This. Keep killing the podcast. Games. I love. I, mean, yeah. I love that note. No You Have debate. become
1: cantankerous and hypocritical. When it, when it comes to the Olympiad, I think I've been cantankerous for years now. I think I've been cantankerous, but I love that note. All spot on. Why do you?
2: Why do you? Why do you? If you hate the Olympics and you hate everything that the Olympic hockey tournament. Sort of does to the NHL. Yeah, why are you still so committed to this sort of B level tournament? That because I I love the sport.
1: I love the okay. sport. And by the way, I don't I don't hate I don't hate hockey in the Olympics. I hate the National Hockey League shutting down its season, which is just stupid. You're a major professional sports league, and we're going to shut down. I I I also I also since you broached this. Am, really against this whole thing of, I play for my soccer team, my professional team, and I get get paid, but my little country is playing on Saturday, and so I got to fly across the world to play for my little country? Dude, you're paid by the soccer team. Like, I don't care who the soccer team is. When 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 the MLS loses players, we're going to lose four players for our huge game on Saturday because they got to fly halfway across the world to play for their country. Okay, I got news for you. Screw your country; they don't pay you. I hate going. I, I have no problem with international competition, but I hate it when it when it interferes with your paying job.
2: But it it really, it's me. not really interfering. Yeah. Like, they, like they're still going to play the games, right? But you're getting get, more hockey. But
1: then they're not as good. But, well, no, this is fine. But what I'm saying is, I don't want, I don't want Kirill Kaprizov gone from one. He could get hurt. Which we've seen, which would be stupid. Like if he gets hurt playing for the Wild, that's an unfortunate consequence. But for but it, if he gets hurt playing for the, wait for it, Russian Olympic Committee, um, what's the what's the point? That's a stupid. Well, what's the if you want to say
2: what's the point? You could go down a much deeper wormhole here. What's the point of anything? What's the point of the point professional sports? I, the what's point the point if, of what we do every the point, day? Like, the point we're all just specks of dust. Is-
1: Is you are. No, here's the point. The point is, there is no point. You are. You are are paid. You are making your living, which is important. Food on the table from one team. You owe it. There's other ways to make a living. uh, Well, yeah, I mean, if if you want to dissolve the sport, I'm saying what's the point from a sports standpoint, not from a life standpoint. Somewhat, but some
2: would say winning an
1: Olympic gold medal is more meaningful than other things in sports. Well, you don't you don't agree with that. But. Well, but the problem is you're not being paid by them. You're being paid by your team. If you play pro bono, then go knock yourself out. Leave. Like if Kirill says, you know what? Zero dollars for me. Okay. I am just going to play for the wild for love of the, the game. Then you go join the ROC team any time that you want. Just, I'm paying just-
0: you. Judd watching hockey at the Olympics, even though he despised the Olympics, is that like Phil and I still tuning into the Royal Rumble, even though we despise
2: WWE? That's not Like we, We're we're, we're still... Yeah. And then bitching about it to each then, other via text message after we chose to so, watch it. Yeah, it's 11 so predictable. p.m. on a, Brock, on a Saturday, Saturday night. Brock Lesnar
0: again. Yeah, both are below who are you texting this at 11 o'clock with this much vigor all it's like like, you don't even know how pissed off i am right now at the wwe it it upsets me it's the same thing
1: it's It's amazing dude you're
2: 100 right if i may okay the wwe has had 20 years to figure out how to groom new stars since brock lesnar and goldberg were last like well lesnar's been relevant and we're gonna do are we gonna what, what are we doing we're doing a roman reigns uh goldberg thing and now yeah. we're doing a Brock Lesnar thing again. It's like, hey, can
1: we get a young You guys star? are both bugged be- because Vince was a genius, and now it's just a feeble sorry And The last time Vince was an actual wrestling genius was probably close to 20 years ago. Sure, but at that time, he, he was the Van Gogh, right? Yeah. Like, not just good, yeah. he was a genius. Mm-hmm. And you guys are rightfully, I would, would be too. Again, this is why people need to step away. Like yeah. he is, he is. I don't know if ru- this
2: explains how uh he is hypocritical ruining. you are, and how you want to. I agreed with him. Educate our audience about the wild,
1: re- wide world of sports. The wide world of sports. Complain about the X Games. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat coming up on the wide world of sports. You get some skiing, you get some globe trotters, some soccer. Globe trotters. Wide world of sports was fantastic, and any old person who watches us knows and. Yeah, if you if you're not, not old, you don't know YouTube. It wide world of sports. <laughs> it is, they are on YouTube. Oh, yeah, uh, no, no, no. Pat
2: DeRose via YouTube says Declan's always yawning at Phil and Judd's hot takes. It's true. It's true. You do I, you do yawn quite a bit. Why do you I do yawn a lot? That's, that's I a mean, lot me. I will say in the last like
0: two years, I, I have ne- and I still am not. I am not a morning person. Yeah, I'm almost thirty years old, and I still I mean, it's like, struggle it's like waking right up. Right, now. I, right. I don't blame him. But I, I, I'm now comfortable, comfortable with waking up at like 745 every day, <laughs> comfortable. Uh-huh. And it's there- still not, it's not ideal. It's not ideal. If it's a weekend, I will sleep in till 10 or 11. I, if oh. I have nothing to wake up for, I will be in Man. bed until a floor of 10 a.m. I, I don't get what out of bed until 10. What time do
2: you usually, 10. on the weekends, what, what time do you usually go to bed? Like, uh, like, fall asleep?
0: One or two. Wow. See,
2: I can't one or do two. anymore. And I'll tell you, if you would have asked me like 10 or 15 years ago, especially when I used to play online poker till 2.30 in the morning to take advantage of drunk people <laughs> stumbling into the cash games, mm-hmm. there was a time in my life where if you would have said, y- there, you have to, you'll do a job where you have to be up before 9 o'clock, and I would have been like, oh, zero chance. And I am now, for the first time in my life the last year, living on the West Coast, I am a 5 a.m. alarm guy Miss Every you're, you're, Day you're of the week. You're and crazy. then and then I sleep in on the weekends, quote unquote, sleep in till about six thirty or so. Oh my! And God. and if you would have asked me ten years ago, I would have said, "Oh my God, that's torturous." I kind of love it now. Kind of love going to bed at like nine o'clock, waking up at five. You Ugh. beat everyone, beat everyone up. Beat the so sun you're really up, waking up at the day.
1: you're really waking up at seven because that's central, central time. So yeah. it's not as bad. Like like if if you woke up at five central, you'd be an idiot, but five Pacific i think if i if i, if it I move
2: back to the midwest at some point i think i am permanently part of the 5 a.m I, I would it. it's great i'll bet
1: you a hundred dollars right now if you do you're not i don't see you waking up at 5 a.m central i'm telling the West you it's Coast, an, I guess, it's, it's an I
2: empowering think. feeling like you first of all there's just something about like yeah, yeah, I'm conquering definitely. the day before 10 a.m if you put in five good hours before 10 a.m and and also like you know, you don't feel as guilty if you decide to go drink a cocktail at 2.30 in the afternoon. The sand, you know. That's all based on Pacific stuff, of... though.
1: I don't see you drinking at 2.30 thirty seven. <laughs> well, during Central the pandemic, time. I was drinking quite a well, bit. At 2 yeah. Well, yeah, that was different. There was a pandemic different. going on. The pandemic's different.
0: When I, when I did, uh, when I filled in for Harrigan doing, when he was on paternity leave, like five, six years ago, when I was first producing your guys' show, you and drinking- I was up at 4 a.m. for like three straight weeks, it took me a month a yeah, month to get terrible. me back onto a normal sleeping schedule. I like wasn't, because I, I have this horrible fear of when I do have to be up like earlier than normal of oversleeping. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a, I will wake up 10 times throughout the night to check my phone or my alarm if it had or hadn't go off. It took me weeks to get back onto a normal schedule. I wasn't going to bed. I was napping and like sleeping from like 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. that whole week. I can't do it
2: i want to hear from the audience on this i want you guys send us send us some messages hit us up on twitter are you are you 5 a.m club or are you 10 a.m club what's your what's your preference so i feel like i've wasted the day if i if i sleep
1: till like 9 30 i'm like i just i literally just wasted the day you are operating in such a different way now pacific time wise i i would challenge your beliefs back home I would chal- challenge I my t- my I, I, time zone ch- ch- beliefs. I, I am I am challenging your time zone integrity in the central time zone. I think in the Pacific <laughs> time zone. <laughs> it actually makes sense. But here's here's a a question too. What who decided that yawning was rude? Like, well, it I mean, it can you don't really have control over. It's not yeah. like you're trying to yawn. That's right? my point. So that's yeah. But like if Declan's yawning, it doesn't I it doesn't even bother me a little that happened, bit. that has it bothers happened some sometimes.
2: People. You know, end end of a long day or something. I'm I'm tired, and you know, my my wife is telling a story or something, and and I will I will yawn. This doesn't happen very often, but and she'll stop and say, "Am I boring you? Am I boring yeah. you?" It's like, no, I, I no, you're not. Yeah. I'm just tired. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it, there's there's there's
0: pros and cons of doing it. I was th- there was one oh, quick story. There was a, my at my sister's wedding. Uh, I don't. Know, I'm calling out here. The best man for my brother-in-law gave. Pr- just one of the most boring speeches of all time. Oh, God. And, this is great. And
1: <laughs> see this coming. we were
0: at a family. I was at a family table and the our family friend across, he's like a dad to me, just openly just went,
1: <gasps> <gasps> and, and <laughs> I, okay, and
0: that's I. Rude. That's rude i can't help myself and also a couple cocktails that i just went Pah! like i laughed because i thought it was so funny and then every, like they both look at everyone's looking at us being like and i was like I, he yawned like he teed me up he put it's the, the ball on the ground and gave me the driver <laughs> i he, he, don't don't blame me here oh i i that now that was bad that was a problem a That's point a you probably shouldn't have won. yes it was it was Larry a curb David, episode. right
1: there
2: i
0: played out in front of me it was incredible
2: you no. laughed you laughed he yawned
0: what am i supposed to be applauding you, the whole speech you inconsiderate you plopped right.
1: you plopper you, you plopped she plopped, she plopped. She plopped. <laughs> the yawning thing's perfect though <laughs> what you're so bored you can't hold it it's, it's pretty boring it's, it's pretty a boring perfect, speech. Curve. it's a perfect curve so, yes. Declan, that's a great story uh, well amazing. and keep the speech short you yeah. gotta keep this Got to moral speech of the story short. nobody wants to hear from you yep
2: Unless you're hilarious, in which case, you know. Oh, if you're you a professional, yeah. Get the feedback from the audience. Uh, totally. Feedback Friday continues. you got a lot of Viking stuff here uh, to get to, To So let's, uh, let's start with this one. Andy Bader, Score North app, says Chris Sims went on record last year and put Kellen Mond as his fourth-ranked quarterback prospect before the 2021 draft. Where do you think Mond would rank for the 2022 draft? And why aren't we talking about him as a potential
1: QB1 anymore? So it's two great questions to work backwards. I think number one, we are not talking about him as a QB one because unbeknownst to Mond, when he was drafted in the third round by the Vikings, he was put into quarterback witness protection, um, which is not his fault. But when you basically, what's the word? Ostracize, forget about, don't develop, take your pick. um, It makes it hard to stay on the map. And so so I think unfairly we have we have either forgotten about Mond or just assume now oh he must not be good. I mean remember those those couple snaps against the Packers he wasn't good. So that must be Kellen Mond. Uh I think it's very unfair. I think that it's upon O'Connell and his coaching staff now to to find out what Mond has. Um but I think a lot of those Spielman 2021 picks unfairly were not developed and and it was as if they they were caught in the divorce between zim and rick right and so they're the forgotten children of 21 and and so mond in my opinion we have no clue he might not be he might not even be good i don't know but Mm -hmm. we can't pass judgment um and so yeah i i think that that's a i think that's a great point and I think that Mond, if he was put into this draft, knowing what we knew about him coming out last year, I mean, I think he'd be in the top three, right?
2: Yeah, I, I, that's. it's hard to answer that second question. I would lean on our guy Tyler Fornes from uh, NBC Sports Edge for that answer or somebody else who can properly rank these guys. But yeah, I mean, this draft class, Not he's right. probably top three or probably top three or top four. I don't know that he'd be above Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, but...
1: He'd be Tyler, in there somewhere. Tyler seems to to continually say Kenny Pickett is a fraud. Yeah. Well. So, like, he might be above Pickett.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. With with some people. I mean, some people have Mond, you know, sixth or seventh on their board last year. Chris Sims was the highest mm-hmm. on him. Yeah. But I echo all the same points that you just made. I We don't. How are we supposed to know? You know, you got guys like Doug Peterson who are, you know, writing you know, essays on quarterback websites talking about the importance of building a championship quarterback room and collaborating and, you know, just constantly putting talent in that room and pushing each other, and I feel like Mike Zimmer was the opposite, right? If I can if I can just blow past this meeting room and not peek my head in ever and if I have to meet with Kirk for 45 minutes, but no way am I going to meet with the other guys. And then constantly bringing Sean Mannion back as the main backup quarterback for, what, three seasons, like, I'm sorry. I don't want this to be a dump on Sean Mannion fest, but if you're really trying to put together the best possible talent at that position across the board, is Sean Mannion your QB two for multiple years? What are you doing? So some of this might be on Mond. I think a lot of it's on a coaching staff and a structure that just made no sense for him. I
1: think Mond tried, and I think he got ignored.
2: Yeah, and how? And, and I, I just think he got, he got ignored. It. I don't I'm not going to pretend to know the inner working relationship between Kirk Cousins and Kellen Mond, but is Kirk really putting his arm around Mond or is he? he's probably being nice to him at practice and stuff? But are they really like sitting down? I don't know. Uh, Jake Ward via the score North app says quick question. I feel like it's an obvious one, but you guys haven't really touched on it. If we want a bridge quarterback in order to shed cap, if you trade Kirk and build a roster up and then eventually draft the quarterback of the future, then why not just use Kellen Mond as the bridge quarterback in 2022? If we aren't playing for a Super Bowl anyways, then why wouldn't we look to see what he can do and also save a lot of cap? Wouldn't cost us any draft picks, money, etc. What are your thoughts? I'll even add to this. If it train wrecks, now you get to pick higher. Um, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of a train wreck based on what we have seen so far. But what do you guys think? I'm I'm honestly all in on this idea. Um, I I
0: think it, it's trending. Obviously, that they are going to keep Kirk, but let's explore the path that they moved on from him. Let, let's say it was awesome it is indeed them building up the value like we've kind of think it is, and he is traded. Kevin O'Connell is this apparent quarterback whisperer, and he might you know he could bring in a Tyrod Taylor, right? He could bring in a Marcus Mariota, but if Kellen Mond is really the the bridge quarterback here. And he can maybe develop him into something. I'm really curious on that he's gonna be making chump change, and if you're bad, you only win four or five games. You're most likely picking in the top five of the draft. I'm all about this idea i I wouldn't be upset about it at all
2: yeah i'm not I'm not looking I know that it's probably best for the long term health of the franchise if they did take a major step back as long as they didn't fall into like a jets or a lions stretch of futility. I'm just not really interested in tanking in 2022. I don't think you have to. I don't want to piss off Justin Jefferson. So I I'm not if if they trade Cousins, I'm not just going to put a quarterback out there that's defenseless and has no idea what he's doing. Now, if if Mond proves to be capable in off-season workouts and looks like, "Oh, okay, under the tutelage of Kevin O'Connell right. and the staff, there's something there, but I would for sure want an actual veteran bridge quarterback. Give me Marcus Mariota. Give me, you know, give me Teddy Bridgewater for a minute. Like somebody that I know can at least be a professional quarterback and and win a few
1: games here and there. That's kind of where I'm at with this. I think O'Connell, it's going to be up to to this staff to parse through a lot of players and decide if if those guys can play and have have a future here or not. I really do. I mean, there, if you think about this, so, so Mike told, I believe it was in training camp, he told Joe Schmidt, um, that I think he had about 26 players he trusted. And then he proved it by taking player 27 through 53. And for the most part, damn well, not developing them. And so I think with, I think with this team, while we don't, uh, We don't necessarily think in these terms yet. I really believe what we're going to find out is there was a lot of of this team and roster and especially young players that we didn't know jack about Mm -hmm. because they basically were sort of left there to, hey, you take care of yourself. We're trying to win football games with our top 26. Um, This comes back to why I'm so excited. I think that the amount of discovery that's going to be done – uh, and, and the amount of players that we are going to both good and bad find out about is, is astronomical compared to what we think.
2: Yeah. Uh, El Poppy chimes in here via the Score North app. I would like to know why you're so intrigued and love Malik Willis. He plays in a very weak Conference USA where the level of competition is nowhere near that of a Power Five. I would also like to know the last time a non-Power Five Conference quarterback won a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco comes to mind. I don't like the idea of Willis. That's my personal opinion. Um, well, some of it is just watch the guy play, you, whether it's the Mac or somewhere else. I mean, his arm, his ability to keep plays alive, just everything. If if you get a chance, literally go watch some of the YouTube footage that's out there of what he looks like at his best. There's definitely some things to mold. Tyler Fornis is going to go into this uh, on an episode of Purple Daily. We're posting this weekend. But I would also say, I mean, first of all, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, multi-time Super Bowl champion, right? He's a Matt quarterback. Um, the Eagles wound up finishing their Super Bowl run with Nick Foles, but they won the bulk of their game to set them up for home field advantage with Carson Wentz, who was an NDSU quarterback. So uh, Josh Allen, again, he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet, but he played at Wyoming. I so just, I just feel like in recent years, there's, there's a lot of quarterback talent that's bubbling up in non-Power 5. Like, yes, our Power 5 school is going to produce the most quarterbacks, the Joe Burrows? Yes. Uh, but I wouldn't rule Malik Willis out just
1: because he didn't play in a, in a Power 5 conference school. Here's the nice thing. We believe that the Vikings now have a GM and probably just as importantly or more so a coach who can identify the right guy. So if they say this quarterback class sucks, I'm going to say, okay, mm-hmm. cool, next year. Um, but the problem is, and what I think probably one of the biggest reasons Rick Spielman is gone is because he couldn't do it. So, Mm -hmm. so like this, this is not a, well, you guys think this and so they should or shouldn't draft him. No, this is if, if you don't think that this new administration can ID a quarterback, we got problems. So until they prove they can't, I'm going to assume that they, they were brought in largely because they can. And so. If they say we are going to pass on every quarterback in 22, we just don't like them. I'm going to say, I trust that you're right. We'll wait. But yeah, yeah, they deserve. This is the step. Right. But this is the step.
2: Um, Before we get back to some of the the Vikings feedback here uh, next weekend, the 2022 Choice Bank, Minnesota golf show is back. If you're looking for that golf fix, you're sick of the snow, the crappy weather. Uh, the golf show can be a nice little reprieve at the Minneapolis Convention Center Friday, February 18th through Sunday, February 20th. We're going to do a couple special Mackie and Judd podcast episodes from out there in the afternoons on the, uh, the Friday and Saturday. Tickets on sale for just $12. You can find all the details at minnesotagolfshow.com, presented by Choice Bank, your select Minnesota Buick GMC dealers, Nelson Marine, Second Swing, and X-Golf. Live all shows? Right well live to the audience that's Yeah, there. but I'm saying
1: we rarely play live now. <laughs> it's true. Well, I mean, vent line. Like, like this is going to be You mean like in No, in I'm saying in show. person. I'm oh, saying you can come God. watch us. I'm saying we're going to be playing a gig. Yes, Like we're true. like we're going to be this is exciting <laughs> we're stuff. We got to figure out
2: what we're going to do by the way. We have no idea what we're going to Yeah, we figure.
1: have no idea. Play the hits.
2: Okay. We'll just so we're Putt just going to just going to rip Kirk Cousins for an hour? Yeah. We, yeah. we got
1: to <laughs> play the hits. We got to play our Dex on base. Phil. I'm more of a Lee.
2: drums guy,
0: but that's okay.
1: Okay, then take like the drums. drums.
0: Can I take the drums I mean, I played everyone? trumpet
2: I'll in high school. Base. I am a Louis okay. Armstrong Award winner on uh, the trumpet in high school, so maybe I'll take really you know, that off. Uh-huh. That's actually very impressive, Phil. Pretty talented trumpet player here. Um, Still Mitch play? Hell. Uh, you lose the chops after a while. It's tough. It's tough to hit the high Her play the
1: trumpet. Mm-hmm.
2: It's a great instrument. Uh, Mitch Helseth via the Score North app says, What do you guys think of the Patrick Peterson interview? So on his podcast, he recently came out and said he was invited to a meeting with all the captains and players about what they would want in a future head coach and said he was taken aback by it in a good way. Uh, since he wasn't really a captain and was an older player, plus he's not even under contract, he didn't expect to be invited to that kind of meeting, but he's very humbled by the respect the Vikings are giving him to have input.
1: I I that. love that. I watch that, yeah. Very smart. Um, I like that. I feel like the wolves. so here, here's what bugs me a little bit, though. I feel like the Wills, when they were doing that, were playing catch-up for ignoring the product. I, I don't know what took place, if it's the soccer team now as well being in the fold or something. But the whole thing and how it played out at the end, with Rick and Mike especially, felt like the Wills were like, oh, this is really bad. We didn't know that. I don't like that. Um so I like the fact that they took steps to sort sort of take the temperature of the players and the room uh but I have a weird feeling that their involvement which I think once was pretty involved um waned and it bothered it bothers me that they seemingly didn't know that Rick and Mike quit communicating so yeah. like I like how they played catch up I don't like the fact they had to play catch up
2: and now well now we're we're seeing that collaboration that people kind of make fun of that as a buzzword but i like this get get the opinion of people that are going to wind up playing for this coach it doesn't mean that you have to take a poll and then and then hire all the people like you get to make the decision ultimately if you're quasi but gathering input i think it, it it helps just it helps loosen up that uh, that uh, culture of fear i guess that players were Peterson talking is about.
1: super sharp too i really like him yeah.
2: i'd yep. take him back if you know might have to play for a little bit less money but uh, Jason Powell of ProWrestling.net. Hell yeah. Which I am a loyal consumer of ProWrestling.net. <laughs> mm-hmm. Via Twitter, he says, Why do we hear about so many young offensive minds in the pros or college, but rarely hear about great young defensive minds until they show something as defensive coordinators? It's a good question. I think, in part, people pay more attention to offense, and also in today's NFL, offense and passing games are the drivers of success. You know, not that defense is unimportant, but if you can work with a quarterback and you can craft an innovative offense and you can put up points, I think teams are always going to gravitate more often to those guys. And defense is so hard. It's like offensively, if you find a great quarterback and you're pretty good at scheming, you can kind of rad that out for a few years, but defensively, it's so hard to keep a great defense together long enough to get recognized because all the players have to be healthy. All the players have to be peaking and in their prime at the same time and under the salary cap and all those things. So I think it's just harder. Like D'Amico Ryans is popping up as a guy. You know, San Francisco has produced a couple of guys in recent years, Robert Sala. But, yeah, it's just a harder path in today's NFL to, to get noticed and to, to be on the top of your game as a defensive guy.
1: I also don't think that we see as many – it's not impossible, um, but I don't think we see nearly as many – innovative first step defensive guys w- w- where offensively the mad scientists now are are at work almost constantly like i, I go back in in my time following football buddy ryan's 4, 46 defense with the 85 super bowl champion bears i think w- was seen as an oh my god you know this is new uh tampa two, to a certain point certainly was but it just seems now Phil like it's more continually this is what we're going to to do offensively stealing this from like college this from mm-hmm. um, this from the pros defensively it seems like now there's adjustments just made back well, like what, when's the last time and it, it might be zims a gap blitz or looks but when's the last time that you heard that the the actual innovation was the defense you gotta crack this defense, right? Yeah. the four,
2: the, the four six insane. defense
1: in the eighties or
2: the yeah, you gotta, Correct. You gotta find last a way. Time? Yeah. I, I don't like, think you Zim's
1: yes. A gap thing was a big deal, but ordinarily it's I'm adjusting to make up for what you're doing because you came up with a good offensive idea. Yeah. It
2: kind of feels like you're the, the great defense is that we talk more about the the player, like the hybrid, the Micah Parsons yes. or the Aaron Donald, you know, how do you it's less about how do you get past this scheme. And more about how do you keep this player in check? Uh, Aaron Karasov via Twitter says, "Never change, Mackie and Judd. Minnesotans have been led to believe that average is okay. Making the playoffs is enough. Demand more. Strive for greatness. Don't change." Amen. Thank you. Amen, Aaron. Yes, we won't. Uh, Dustin Swenson, there's a couple a uh, couple questions in the same category here. But first, he he has something for Declan via the Scornith app. Declan, how great is it being the executive producer? of these shows i mostly watch on youtube from my phone as i go about my day honestly uh, as i'm dealing with some physical therapy and recovery this year i've been pretty down on things but this show is something that cheers me up so please keep up the great work thank you dustin yeah i love i love being being the executive
0: it's fun it's fun it's you know it's even when we're starting the show here and i got three different mouses and i'm hitting the wrong intro button right off the uh right off the top (laughs) it's 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 still still works it's still everything plays out it's great i love i love producing the show it's the best
2: uh, and then and then he asks all of us, I think we should trade for Kyler Murray. Your thoughts? And then the Legend Keeler, which is a great YouTube handle, mm. the Legend Keeler. What do you guys think about trading for Kyler Murray? I think it would bring at least two, if not more wins per season than Kirk does. So th- this is coming, this Kyler Murray stuff. He deleted all of his Cardinals references from his Instagram page. Oh, Would you, would you make the call if you're Quasi and see what's going on? Do we on? know why yet? Have, has this come out yet? about Kyler. does doesn't he want a new contract? He's he's up for a contract here at some point.
1: Probably, yeah. Um I would make the call. I don't know that that he would be my first choice, but uh yeah, I would definitely make the call. I mean, he's he's got some he's got some abilities that definitely intrigue me. Um now the price tag obviously might be a sticking point, but um would I pick up the phone if I was crazy? Yes, I would. I think you got to
2: you got to pick up. There, there's zero chance the Cardinals
1: trade Kyler Murray. but you know, do your due diligence. I love scrubbing your account, though. That that's my that is a great move. It's the new move, right? Stefan yes. Diggs did it, it. Just creates doubt.
2: Yeah, Stefan Diggs. That's that. That's what I love about this time of year too. Is players start to scrub their Instagrams? Teams. Come out and say things like, Josh Rosen is our guy. Yes. We have no intention of trading Stefan Diggs. Yes. We love Kirk Cousins. Percy Harvin is going nowhere. Yeah. Except til Seattle. till he does in a week. be great. Uh, Drew Voigt via the Scorner app. I'm very much on team move on from Kirk, but I also wonder how a bridge quarterback would affect Justin Jefferson. JJ is not nearly the diva as other wide receivers, but I also get the sense he likes putting up big stats and chasing yardage records. For all his faults, Kirk can deliver a clean ball that someone like Mariota Carr-Teddy can't achieve. I worry that errant throws from a bridge quarterback might make J.J. a little surly, pun intended, and influence his plans on signing an extension. What are your thoughts? First of all, you should never make decisions based on, well, let's just make sure J.J. gets his stats. Like, make decisions for wins, first and foremost. But I think you're – dude, I mean, Derek – Derek Carr, I don't think, is an option for the Vikings, but there's, pl- there's plenty of quarterbacks in the Kirk bin or even lower that still get guys well over 1,000 yards. Yeah. All right? I mean, Case Keenum was connecting with Stefan <laughs> Diggs and Adam Thielen on a regular basis for a ton of yards. So Kirk's not the only one that can get
1: Justin Jefferson to twelve or 1,400 yards. Justin Jefferson wants to win football games. He wants to win a Super Bowl. His college quarterback and and probably best friend, Jamar Chase, are one win away from doing that. This notion that, well, if Kirk leaves, then your problem is Justin's not going to get the football. Um, If that's why you're going to keep Kirk, then you're keeping Kirk for the wrong reasons. And Justin Jefferson, I'm going to tell you, I mean, the quote that we played, I believe, from his CBS uh, Sports radio appearance was great. Because if you go back and listen, that is the most lukewarm Minnesota nice answer of all time. That's a guy who wants a real QB. Now he might not have that guy in twenty two, but you got to find him eventually. Yeah. So, so like I, I mean, if you continue to go down this path of well, Kirk gets him the ball, but the Vikings don't win. I got bad news for you. He's gonna, he's not going to be any happier with Kirk than he 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 would be taking a shot with the next quarterback.
2: Also, two years ago, when Kevin O'Connell was very much still with the Rams I think right or am I wrong on that 2019 when did Kevin O'Connell join the Rams I thought he joined him around that time right just want to make sure I'm right on this here well it doesn't matter because it's or the same it's I'll the same it. offensive principles but my point was going to be two years ago the Rams saw two wide receivers Robert Woods and Cooper Cup both go for both of them go for 90 catches and 1100 yards with Jared Goff as the starting quarterback. So, yeah, like, yeah, there was another level to unlock with Cooper Cup that we saw this year. But those guys still got ridiculous numbers with yeah. Jared Goff as the starting quarterback. OC in Washington, by the way, in 19. And then he went to the Rams in 20. Yep. But Sean McVay principles. It's all yeah. it's all part of the same tree. Yep. Um, and then uh, let's see here. Let's do one more here. Uh, Mike Thole via the scorner app. Interesting that the Vikings have reportedly hired a new defensive coordinator now. KOC is still preparing for the Super Bowl and multitasking on hiring his assistants. It always bugged me the lack of attention the impact of the distraction factor gets. Pat Shermer's hiring by the Giants was ahead of the 2017 NFC Championship game. What role might that have played? I can't help but think that he might have had his mind elsewhere. Tony Dungy was on Dan Patrick recently and said... Uh, talked about the lack of fairness in hiring early when some coaches are still preparing their current teams for a championship game. So, in summary, do you guys feel like it would be a better practice and level the playing field more if these interviews were all held after the Super Bowl. So, these franchises would have to just sit there for a month
1: <laughs> with nobody I don't know there yeah, I I totally get the point and I prepare, like it, though, cause the, but the agency I don't see starts in yeah, March. Yeah, exactly. I don't know I don't know that there is a good solution and the problem is this now the season keeps backing up right yeah yeah like like we add playoffs and i guarantee that they're going to try to add at some point in time here in 18th game right so now we're going to back it up even more and back it up more i don't know what the fairest uh, solution is this is definitely what, what we do now is not great but phil you're right like are are you going to tell teams hey a week before the combine it's on for head coaches? so I don't know.
2: Yeah, it's it's so hard and and like I said free, so free agency which is the you know the league year starts in a month, a month from right from like this Wednesday. Right. And so you're just going to you're going to start the interview pro- and I'm not Mike, I'm not ripping you. I'm just saying like to Tony Dungy and whoever else wants to drastically change this, I don't, I don't you can't, you can't start the hiring process in mid-February and expect teams to be prepared to mold yeah. their rosters in mid-March. You'd have to change the entire calendar. And maybe that's the answer. Maybe you push the draft back to June, but now those players are short in summer to like the The draft has to be
1: in April and May. The NFL moves on. It churns (laughs) and burns and it really doesn't care that much. So, so get over it. The problem will continue. And we are going to get an 18th game. You know, when do you think that happens? Within five years. Okay. Seventeen's a really Anymore. bad, and I hope number. the eighteenth game is on a it. Tuesday or a Wednesday. night. I hate. I, I don't. I, you don't need seventeen, and I don't want eighteen. Well,
2: the expanded playoff
1: 18. thing, I also hate, but I've talked about that. Well, you
2: don't need that fourth surly or that extra helping of eggs Benedict that brunch. But you know what? Sometimes,
1: or... ben- Sometimes. no, 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 don't, don't, no, don't, no, you just no, no. To Get your freak on. I do not. I do not have the extra egg Benedict. Don't forget, okay. Olivia' lifestyle has That's led true. me a,
2: a, away from that. I'm just talking about myself then. It's uh, earlier. Right. You're right about it. Sir. That's Feedback Friday here on Mackie and Judd. Uh, we will be bringing back the movie review franchise sometime soon here. So I know people have asked about that. We definitely, we got some, I got a couple ideas for you guys too. How about animal oh. movies? Animal no, no, movies? Like, like what? That's like Homer Sam. bound. No, you know, like, I'm not no.
1: watching anything that makes me cry. Um, Dogs dying will make me cry. Okay. Well we we'll, let's I can take people this. dying. I, I, can't I think take action movie dying.
0: rewind and rom com rewind is is our bin and and with the occasional I gotta go with you know, this. But
1: why? I don't wanna no I don't wanna nothing. cry. I don't wanna spend my Tuesday <laughs> or Wednesday bawling. No, I don't wanna do that. Uh, all right maybe I'll, Again, I can take human death. Dog death, <laughs> uh uh-uh, I can't do.
2: It. <laughs> all right, we gotta go. We gotta, gotta go. go. That's uh Feedback Friday at Mackie and Judd. See you guys.
1: This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you.